Welcome back to another episode of Made in India. And I've been itching to get back to the studio, especially since our brief hiatus. And today is the day. We're back at the wonderful island city and we're bringing you hip-hop R&B singer-producer Micah Bedford. Micah tells me about his initial tumultuous experience dropping out of college and quitting his job to pursue music full-time, taking a gap year to travel and volunteer across the world, and how his dad Johnny was his biggest musical inspiration. Hey guys, this is Micah. We're on Made in India with me. And the first song I'm going to perform is Cascading in Monochrome. I don't really gotta say shit Look around, you really know who made this That's me going Neo in the Matrix Black shades for the haters, they don't say shit Ooh, getting famous Get a stage, getting bigger on the A-list Coming with us to the party, getting faded That Jameson's lacing it all in Ooh, we classy like it's monochrome No ties or dice, we on a roll Double sixes for the honor roll Double sixes but we stay composed Honor roll But we stay composed Honor So, welcome to the show, Micah. It's Thank awesome you. to have you here. It's good to be here. And you are a rapper, a hip-hop artist. You featured on a previous mixtape with mm-hmm. your debut EP, three-song yeah. EP, called Soon I Promise. So, I'm excited to actually have you in the studio with me today. It's great to be here. It's been a progression. It's been like a year and a half since I last had any contact with Made in India. Yes. Something like that. I know. We irritated you about a year and a half ago. Exactly. So... <laughs> I wouldn't phrase it like that. I actually enjoyed it, but yes. I'm glad. I don't think people realize this, but having been a host and a voiceover artist for so long, half the job is trying to get pronunciations right. And so for me, even your name, we had asked you to send us how to pronounce your name because it's a Mika, Micah, Mecca. I don't know. I remember like, this, yeah. Right? And so a lot of artists like don't really understand, but it's because I want to get the pronunciation I appreciate that. Most people think my name is Michael when I meet them. (laughs) 95% of people would be like, nice to meet you, Michael. 
And you're like, and, no. Uh, no. And the other 5% will be like, Mika. <laughs> See? That's yeah. what happens. That's what happens. I hear you. So you're 24? Correct. Thank you. And you are, like me, South Indian. Yeah. Southside represent. Exactly. From Chennai, Pondicherry, living in Bangalore. And I noticed that you had a lot of jobs before the music became the thing. You were marketing at Business Sherpa, crime reporting for the Hindu, marketing intern at 40 parables communications manager at rec like dude damn you actually have the cv that's so specific most people don't know the company names but yeah i'm not cut out for crime reporting i don't know if you can tell (laughs) i tried so with all of those jobs like what was happening in your life that you were just ended up sort of doing all these things and where was music in that whole mix so i came back after my gap year after high school and I'd been in Germany and the Philippines and Greece and I'd done all this social service stuff. And it really, it was a great break. And I came back already wanting to do music, but I'd promised my family that I'd do a degree because my mom was like, I'm not going to survive unless you do a degree. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll get the undergrad. Um, started this communications degree and it kind of bored me, not going to lie. <laughs> there were some really good lecturers. Shout yeah. out the good lecturers. But uh, uh, <laughs> I had another job while I was in college, because I just needed something to keep me occupied as well. So I did digital marketing and I really loved it. But uh, in the midst of all of this, having this digital marketing job that was like three hours a day, five days a week outside of my college hours, I just didn't have any time left for the music. So by the time I got to like third year, I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like unfulfilling, not being able to sit down with my guitar even. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then it was a tumultuous few months to say the least. In what way? Like just explaining to my family that I'm dropping out and quitting my job, everything. I was like, I'm not doing any of this anymore, man. Like I don't care if I don't make as much money because I was making some pretty good money from that marketing job. Yeah. And it was at WeWork and it was cushy. I had the pool on the roof and everything. But I was like, you know what? I can't do any of this. I have to either race or I have to do music. Race? Yeah. Like cars? Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. But what did your parents say when you were like, I'm either going to be racing them cars? They were like, we're not going to fund your racing. I started when I was 14 and they were like, if you want to really do this, we're not going to help because it's dangerous. And I don't want to watch you get into like a fast car and spin it around the track, you know. And they were like, we'd rather you do music. I was like, okay, makes sense as well. I mean, I still want to race. I'm not going to lie. And I will eventually. No Mm. one will stop me. I will get into a car with like 800 horsepower and risk my life. I insist. Okay. Um, But these are the two things that really made me feel fulfilled. Like I'm Fair enough. And you just mentioned the gap year that you talked about in 2015, where you did trips abroad, which was like you climbed a mountain in the Philippines. Worked this with refugees wild. in Greece. Wild. How do you know this stuff? This I is crazy. I have a really great research team. You have a great research Hassan team. Someone's dug this up. So you worked with refugees coming into Greece uh, from Syria. Correct. You spent three months in Germany with uh, youth with a mission. Correct. You went to yeah. Kenya. Mm-hmm. And then you were in England with your sister and your mm-hmm. family. Yeah. 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 Correct. Did I get all that right? Your whole you know itinerary everything. for your trip? Yeah. I don't need to explain <laughs> anything. You know everything. It's amazing. So how did this gap year happen? What was sort of behind it? So Why did you want to do it? I'd finished school and uh, I was disillusioned with the whole system in which like 
your entire merit as a person was boiled down to numbers and yeah. like a GPA or like grades and everything. I was super disillusioned. I was a little like mildly depressed, if I'm honest, by mm-hmm. the end of 12th grade. So I was like, I need to do something to just clear my head. Yeah, of And course. my parents were like, you know what, cool. Take a year off, do something completely different. Refresh yourself before you get back into, into nice. college. Yeah. But my mom was like, you're going to Germany. Promise me you'll come back and do your degree. Don't oh. disappear and like find a woman and start living there forever. I was like, okay, fine. Oh my God. And she got me to promise before I went. So I was like, she had me. You know what I mean? Because yeah, she yeah. knew I'd love it. Uh, anyways, um, but that gap year came about as a result of that. So yeah, yeah it was eye-opening because Germany and the Philippines were just such a different perspective than what I'd grown up with. I was in that little bubble of a school, TISB, where everything is like prim and proper and clean cut. And uh, the bushes are like manicured. You know what I mean? Perfectly trimmed. Yeah. And... Uh, that was a different life. So helping uh, repackage clothes for the refugees coming into uh, Greece from Syria opened my eyes to uh-huh. uh, yeah, and also, the privilege I mean, that I had. In. I'm super curious because um, if you were in the Philippines, they love their music, man. They love their music, yeah. So, I mean, living in the Middle East, there's a very large expatriate community and a lot of them are like me, Malialis, Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So... And I've seen them love their music. They love their karaoke. Oh Big my time. goodness. The karaoke goes hard. Goes hard. It's the chicken adobo and karaoke. I don't want to stereotype <laughs> the thing, but it's like, that's what happens. It's exactly. a good vibe. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. They go ham with the karaoke. It's ridiculous. Like I, I, I wasn't it. allowed to drink because I was with this organization. So I yeah. never really got to like party and, and go and karaokeing. By the way, they're actually really good singers as oh, well. For sure. It's not even like it's terrible sounding. No. They're so talented. They're naturally talented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of them just sing and they play the guitar. No one's taught them. They just do it. Exactly. Wild. Yeah. So again, I'm really interested in sort of how things have influenced your life. So mm-hmm. one of them is your dad. Johnny Bedford, right? Big man Johnny. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to dad. <laughs> also had his own band called the Johnny Bedford Band. Yes. And he played classic rock and blues. And so was he a very huge influence on Massive, on you? massive, yeah. but uh, subliminal. No, not really. It was pretty, pretty in my face. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, growing up, my dad's band would practice in the attic of our house. So we had a terrace in Chennai and he built like a thatched roof on top of that. And his band would practice up there and there was a drum kit. There was a bunch of guitars. He had this Gibson Epiphone like spotlight for the guitar nerds, limited edition. And uh, yeah, a bunch of beautiful guitars. He's restored like a flying bee. But anyways. That's incredible. I wasn't allowed to come into the attic until after 9 p.m. when I was like three because I would just come in and ruin the whole practice. I would just come in and start hitting the drums and like breaking everything. Of course. So I grew up with that. I grew up with like classic rock live being played in the background. My dad would play up there. My mom played bass mm. in the band in the 80s. Your mom played bass? Yeah, she had the puffy jacket and the big glasses and everything. Come it was on, wild. that is freaking cool. Yeah, it's dope. I love it. So I grew up with that for sure. Mm. My sister has a few albums out as well. So What? Yeah, oh she's a God. great singer. It's a really good singer. So um, my dad had a huge influence on me and he actually, I think he bridged the gap between actually like knowing all this music theory that I'd studied in that school to actually enjoying music and being passionate about it and wanting to perform and wanting to give yeah. people chills when they heard my music because he bought me like a Fender Strat when I was 14 and a, and a little wow. amp. And he was like, do whatever you want. And I'd already studied Amazing. guitar. So he taught me the basics. And then he was like, you do your your thing, man. Like, don't try to be me. Don't try to be anyone. Just do your own thing. So 
That's so encouraging, though. Yeah. I think that in, it's in those sort of moments that you feel like you can just have fun with it. And it's not something that's rigid or it has to be exactly the way exactly. he wants it or anything yeah. like that. That's exactly. Because nice. I'd been in that school and I'd studied classical guitar yeah. for years. I'd studied piano, like theory. I'd studied drums, theory, again. Um, recorder for a while. It's a random one. Recorder. Yeah. That always seems to be like a thing in schools, though. I don't know. They make all these fourth graders like play the recorder. And it's Why like recorder? the worst being in the room when all of them are playing. Anyways, um, <laughs> it was like it, none of it made me feel passionate about music yeah. until he bought that. And he was like, just do whatever you want. And then he started teaching me a few songs that I wanted to learn, like Jump, Van Halen and all of this stuff. Yeah. And uh, that kicked off. I was like, this is wild, bro. I'm so cool. I'm going to get the girls now. <laughs> That's what I thought when I was 14. So I was like, this, this is, is it. This is the this yeah. is the key. Yeah. This is how they come to me. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't paying attention before. So, so like, um, <laughs> what's the second song you're going to play for me today? The second song I'm going to be performing for you is called Swishes. Your new music. Yeah. I'm so excited. So Yo. tell me a little bit about Swishes. So Swishes is just like... Metaphorical Swishes is the song's just about me making the right moves to sort of elevate my musical career and figure out how to work this game, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, oh. there's a couple themes in there. We can discuss them more. Oh, I like sure. it. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to take a listen to Swishes. Awesome. Oh, 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 oh. oh. I've been on 40, I can't go faster cause I've been emoting Know that I'm back though, I'm really working People don't see me outside, they know I'm recording I wanna be sorted, my mind's so scattered and my heart is hurting Nothing seems true, yeah, I feel like it's lies I've been on my prayers, you're staring at skies, ooh Asking forgiveness, God help me behave and take care of business I've been on retakes, becoming the realest All this shit chaos, I'm chasing the stillness I've been on 40, I can't go faster cause I've been emoting Know that I'm back though, I'm really working People don't see me outside, they know I'm recording They know I got it, people feel realness, I'm sauce in the pot I don't write stories, I talk about life In the booth, making good on my time, bitch Shooting the mauling, shooting the mauling Swishes on swishes, I'm shooting the mauling 10 on 10 I threw them all in, sands on sands, I'm cooler than all them Friends on friends, they really been ballin' Ten on ten, my game is appallin' I've been on 40, I can't go faster cause I've been emoting I do it all, the music, the bars, I've been staying up until six in the morning Six in the, all of them talking I'm so sick of y'all and all of you talking I'm so sick of you and all of you talking It ain't worth the ten still in my pocket I've been on 40, I can't go faster cause I've been emoting Know that I'm back though, I'm really working People don't see me outside, they know I'm recording I've been on 40 I've been on 40, what? I want a 40 Making it naughty So, that was Swishes Yeah So good Thank you I'm still getting freaked out by the lack of drop That keeps happening at the end and I'm like, something's right. gonna this is how the kids do it these days. The songs are only like two and a half minutes long. It's real fast. Yeah. I'm so used to uh, seven minute songs. and like <laughs> Seven minutes? You've been listening to Prague? Uh, yeah, see? Yeah. See? It is. So as we go on and I tell you your life story mm -hmm. in this podcast, <laughs> like I had mentioned before, the first time I sort of interacted with your music was with your debut three song EP, Soon right. I Promise. Mm -hmm. And my 
favorite, because you released it in 2020, was a song called Tomorrow. It was really nice. I love that song, and we featured it. But going a little rewind on the music that you've released Mm -hmm. in general, when you were in the Philippines, there was a song called Vania. No. Oh my V-A-N-E-A. gosh, it was pronounced Vanilla. It's not even a real word. I just made it up. Oh, okay. So therefore, I wasn't not pronouncing it properly. It was just that I'm it's shocked. a made-up word. Vanilla. That was on my old SoundCloud. Yep. And it didn't have my name on it. This is my secret SoundCloud that I don't tell anyone about. Well, it's not this your is secret wild. SoundCloud. Not anymore. It was under Micah Vidyasagar. <laughs> no. That's what it was under. I'm not saying the name of the old SoundCloud because like, everyone will know. But was it really? Uh, yeah, that's okay. what that was the name it was under. It were like a bunch of instrumentals. Wild. Okay. Um, so, Vanea. Yes. Um, you released this in 2016, right? Correct. And um, this was like a sort of, I don't know, I guess like a progression that you were playing. I'd come up with the guitar riff when I was in the Philippines. Yeah. And this was a couple of years after I'd started producing, like a year or two. My German roommates just knew this, like this song, like the back of their hand, like the sound of the guitar riff, because I played it so many times. Um, (laughs) But I came back to India and I recorded it. And uh, I was really into Prague at the time. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah. So there were like, like I said, a bunch of instruments. It was a really nice one. I really liked that. I also liked the other two, Vision Mm -hmm. and Illusions. Wild. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So those also you released in the same year towards like the latter half of the year. Yeah. And they were really good. Yes, a little proggy, but like there was still a little, a little proggy, bit of... A little basic mix-wise, but... Uh, but elements of pop, though, it didn't yeah. feel so... Yeah, I, I liked it. Though I feel like there was a shift in 2017 when... For sure. Take Me There. Yeah. Had some mega synth yeah. vibes going like on and like... To... For like to the floor, sort of like emo dance vibes. Yeah, that was like for sure. almost hardcore. I was listening to a lot of Zed at the time. <laughs> and uh, I'd shifted from periphery yeah. and like Tesseract and the contortionist to Zed and uh, wow. Madion and all these electronic dudes. And I was like, this is wild, bro. They're like doing electronic, but the chords are nice. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, I, yeah, I could tell when I heard you could hear there. the shift. Massive shift. And then there was this from 2017, just like a gap. And then 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you released anything that we don't know of. There might have been a few. Really? Even your expert background checker might not have been <laughs> able to find. I had a secret, secret SoundCloud. Oh. Renard dans les bois. It was like, I named it in French. I don't know why. But that had like some really iffy demos on it. That's why I don't really share them too much. But oh, there were a few. It. And I was just trying to get into songwriting and recording my own vocals and Seeing how that panned out, mm. and uh, it so took a minute. I, I know. I'll mm-hmm. go to your secret SoundCloud. Yeah. The next episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. So I felt like clearly, like there wasn't a gap because uh-huh. you were still recording your demos. But um, then Butterscotch came out in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like that was the time when your hip hop and and the, the rap sort of stylings that you had came to the fore. So mm-hmm. how did that happen? Because you're clearly talking about your musical journey. Um, where did the sort of hip hop scene enter your your soul? So it entered my soul when I was at a house party um, in college. I think I was in first or second year. There were a couple of intoxicants going around, not going to lie. Mild. And <laughs> okay. uh, I heard Kendrick Lamar's All Right. And I heard Frank Ocean's Biking at mm. the same party. And there was oh a girl God. in my class. Shout out Ramya. Okay. With the amazing taste. huh? Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
should be so happy I shout it out. Anyways, <laughs> with those two songs, right? I just immediately was like, this is just good music. Like I no longer care so much about genre. It made me feel so much that I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to I want to get in on this. I want to see if I can do this. I want to see if I can write poetry and make it make it slap on an instrumental, you know. Yeah. So, since that moment, Frank Ocean's been one of my heroes. Daniel Caesar's been, been another one. Yeah. Um X2 XXX to a good extent obviously there were some things that he did that were questionable mm. um during his life but his art changed mine no doubt no doubt so those songs really pushed me into practicing rapping initially i started by practicing other dudes bars like i would just play instrumentals and then i would rap their bars to see if i could do it yeah and i did that for a few months and then my notepad just started filling up with my own and i oh, just wow. kept doing that i would just be in in autos going back and forth from college and I'd just be writing listening to instrumentals writing bards was it uh, easy did you feel like learning how to hit certain notes was mm -hmm. that the kind of same way it was for you when you were kind of like being able to rap especially when you're sort of rapping at a certain speed and Mm -hmm. like yeah I think it was fairly easy cadence wise because with words it's always been fairly easy Mm -hmm. just to get the hang of it get um the the cadence and the flow of it right Obviously to get the faster flows it took practice. Yeah. But I loved it and it excited me so much that it didn't feel like effort. None of it felt like effort. Even writing my own bars from the yeah, first yeah. two, I was like I'm a genius. <laughs> That's was like I would write like a Dad stanza and it would back. be average and I would be like dude, I can do this, man. So I would just keep that would just keep pushing me further and further yeah. on this journey. Yeah. That's hilarious. You're like I'm amazing. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe myself in an auto. So after uh your debut soon I promise uh-huh. that same year you released Lens Flare Correct. which sounded so different mm-hmm. I felt like even though it was still in the hip hop I felt like it was a massive departure I felt there was a little bit of emo-ness and sadness oh. in soon I promise yeah and then with Lens Flare it was like I'm here Exactly. I'm making a statement. Exactly. And you saw the album on, right? The fox is all sad and soon I promise he's shaking the water off himself. He's not sad. Yeah. It's like fine. He's like, okay, this is life, whatever. I'm shaking this water off of myself. I'm in a forest. Mm-hmm. We'll be out of it eventually. And uh with Lensfire, he's just like angry. He's like, I get you, man. <laughs> there was a progression and with Lensfire, I think it was a bit more aggressive. Low-key aggressive because that's the most aggressive I I would be as a person, but mm. uh Yeah, it was but a it statement. felt like bolder. It felt like you, like you, you wanted to say something. Like that's Absolutely. what I mean. Like yeah. I didn't feel like it was aggression. I felt like you were kind of saying how you felt, and you felt like you wanted to be bolder and all that. Because, like, Absolutely. like I said, with your debut, it was so much mellower, and yeah. it was a little sad, and you were like, mm. yeah, very <laughs> true, very true. I was like, I had just dropped out when I wrote "Soon I Promise," and I was in Pondicherry. I was living near Oroville, and I was like, what is life? What is <laughs> and I wrote these three songs and then <laughs> they came out eventually and Lensler was different. I was like, yo, I can do this shit, bro. Yeah, yeah. I do this hip hop. <laughs> and then Confidence. Matt Loss, nobody even knows Matt Loss is on Lensler. So yeah. Matt Loss of the song that did the most numbers so far. Matt Gloss was on Lensler with Embassy and White Mist and yeah, those yeah. were a bit more, yeah, there were different themes for sure. Very much. Yeah. And now you just performed Swishes, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Are you working on some more stuff at the moment? You're releasing more stuff this year? Yes. I actually wrote a new song with Jay, Jay Killer. I don't know if you know this dude. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I was with him yesterday and we just wrote this uh, wrote a bunch of bars with a bunch of wordplay on this boom bop track. That's going to be so fun. fun. Yeah. 
So fun. you're definitely releasing stuff this year. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, this is so yeah. exciting. Are you going to be collaborating more as well? I think so. Yeah, I think I have more access now to the people I've wanted to work with for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some names that, that stand out and I love to work with them for sure. Super. Yeah. Yay. I'm looking forward and to so, it. And so last song for the sesh. Let's go. What's it called? It's called J Love Japan. Named after the famous J Dilla album. Not so famous, actually. Not that many people know about it, but it's a... Yeah. It's a huge influence on a lot of... Uh, J Dilla oh, general sure. was... Boombop is... He made it. Almost, yeah. you know? Oh my God. Huge so proponent. what is it about? So the song J Love Japan is about, again, a lot of metaphors. I reference a past relationship in that. In a good way or in a bad way? In a sort of good, medium flexy way, way medium. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I also talk about how I've learned to sort of be objective with myself in terms of direction, what I need to do in life. and. Mm. How to be a little hard on myself, you know, when I need to advise myself and it's not the nicest thing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple Just, of different themes in JL of Japan, but it's all like boom yeah. bappy, throwing bars at people, a little bit of sparring. I like yeah. that. This is so funny because in your song, you're saying that you're sort of telling yourself, you got to do it. Like it's your, your school teaching yourself. Straight up. <laughs> I have to. That's what adulthood is. That's what I realized. Yeah. No one else is going to smack my wrist for me. I have to myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's crazy. So awesome. So yeah. um, your last song is... J-Love Japan. J-Love Japan. Red in my face, lightning McQueen on the screen. I'm 95 and 97. Been watching the skies for stormy weather. She don't like me. Looking for signs, light as a feather. Hype beasts never comply. Y'all think I'm Siamese. Not dependent on what you say about me. Die, please. Because I really don't give a fuck for how you like me. I gave too much of me away and I'm done. Tend to be right, chasing the highs For all this life is grinding sky I don't put fly, she still supplies me all the same I'm doing miles like I'm a gold train Sit there, Evans, Davis and Coltrane Bitch, this is a foretaste Yes, I've been lighting up like propane Wounds, they've been smarting, yeah this is propane Shout out Nato8, he played the bass on this. Slaps. Thought I really needed advice. I wasn't listening to me, I really tell it like it is. And I just sank with the vice. While I rode a mic and drank a little sinner's delight. A pill. But now I'm learning to fight Your boy's been boxing with a shadow Yeah, he's dancing with light The winds are short Yeah, I still myself So I can keep on ascending You can't take the best of me Nah You, you ain't seen the best of me God that gave me all the keys He didn't wanna see it She didn't wanna see it They were laughing in the corner Now they've been defeated You don't wanna see it I've been on my take two Hustle through the ceiling Yeah, my time is past due it's past due. Yeah, that was JL of Japan. So I just want to say, Micah, thank you so much for being on Made in India and playing your music for it's us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. 
that was hip-hop R&B rapper producer Micah Bedford on the show, and I'm glad I was able to basically relay his entire life story back to him. Now, of course, if you enjoy Made in India, uh, the music, and the chance to get to know indie artists a little better, show us some love by subscribing, following, rating, and reviewing us on the podcast app of your choice. And, of course, come and say hi to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at Made in India, M-A-E-D. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.